This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We're going to talk about, um, well, something we have... I think we've talked about this recently. I think we talked about um, monarch butterflies, didn't we? And uh, the fact that they were having some trouble as a species and actually have become an endangered species. And uh, those are the big pretty ones that, you know, if, if you think of a really nice pretty butterfly in our part of the world, it's the monarch that you're probably thinking of. I don't know if we have any other fancy butterflies. I'm sure we do, but those are the ones that stand out. But um, we're going to talk about what we're doing with butterflies, what we can do to maybe help butterflies, and how we test some of the threats and pressures that butterflies are facing. And to do that, we're going to chat with Susan Gordon, a PhD candidate in biology at the University of Ottawa. Susan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Hi, Shay. Thank you so much for having me. Now, when we talk about butterflies, you know, uh, let's just qualify here because we all love them. They're beautiful. They're fabulous little creatures. But what do we risk by losing butterflies or losing, you know, a percentage of the butterflies? They're, they they have a purpose when the, within the ecosystem, don't they? Yes, they do. Um, they're pollinators, so they're important for the flowering plant. Um, but also, a lot of people use them as environmental indicators. So if there's a change in the environment that's going to negatively affect a bunch of species, butterflies are pretty sensitive. So they sort of are, are the first species to, to, that we might see a decline in. And so if we lose butterflies, then we're going to expect, unfortunately, that we'll see losses in other species as well. So sort of like the old canary in a coal mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Now, the pressures that we've seen and with the monarch butterfly becoming an endangered species, a lot of it's about habitat destruction, right? That's the biggest uh, impact? Yeah, definitely. And specifically for monarchs, um, I think, unfortunately, uh, you know, as much as we can do, we can plant milkweeds in our yards and things like that. A lot of the habitat destruction is happening uh, in Mexico and California yeah. at the at their winter range. Um, but that is also an issue for our native butterflies uh, that are non-migratory here in Canada too, losing uh, habitat for sure. And predators, I was, I mean, I guess it makes sense. They're hunted, right? There are things that eat butterflies. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not necessarily the first thing you think about with butterflies, but butterflies actually experience, um, they have a lot of different predators uh, that they sort of have to avoid out there. So uh, they get attacked by birds, but also things you might not think about, like uh, spiders, wasps, and dragonflies. Really? Hey, I had no idea. Now, obviously, this has been going on as long as we've had butterflies and other bugs. Yeah. So um, is it a bad thing? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's part of nature, right? Yeah, so that's one of the things that um, I wanted to look at in the in um, a study that I published recently with my with the professor I'm working with. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of species, you know, experience they interact with predators, and how does it impact them? In some cases, you know, if we're talking about communities, so all the species that live in one area of habitat, um, having predators there can actually uh, decrease the number of species that are in that habitat. So if you can imagine predators that are going after those rarer species and yeah. pushing them out of the communities, so that's one example. But uh, predators in some cases have also been shown to increase diversity. 
So if they attack the more common species that are maybe dominant over the other ones um, and push their population sizes uh, lower, then those rare species that are having a harder time to compete, um, they're sort of released from that pressure and they might be able to to increase in numbers. So those were kind of the two things that we were maybe thinking uh, about when we were when we were designing this study is uh, which which one of those options? What are what are the predators doing to our butterfly communities? And the interesting question and the, and the dilemma you ran into is how can you test that? Right? How can you test predation on butterflies? Yeah, exactly. So like I said, there are so many different animals that attack butterflies, and you know sometimes if you're thinking about you know. Uh, species that are attacked by, like, say, coyotes, you could go out and just count the number of coyotes sure. in a certain area and understand, you know, what kind of pressure those those uh, those prey species are facing. But, yeah, it's so much harder when um, there are a bunch of different animals that are attacking the butterflies. So the technique that we actually used was to make these modeling clay butterflies. Um, so it was, it was kind of an arts and crafts uh, little <laughs> challenge. Um, and so we, uh, using non-toxic modeling clay, we made uh, bodies that replicated the color of the butterflies in our, some of the butterflies in our community. And then um, we have some pinned butterflies in the lab I work in, like you might see in a museum yeah, yeah. Um, specimens. And so we took pictures of their wings and printed them out, waterproofed uh, the printouts, and then uh, just inserted those into the modeling clay bodies. And this technique has actually been shown to trick predators into thinking that uh, these butterfly decoys are real butterflies and so they'll attack them just like they would attack uh, a real butterfly. Um, And so we put these out at our study sites uh, and some of them were attacked, some of them weren't. And so we were able to get a sense of, you know, in these different areas, uh, how much pressure the butterfly communities were facing from their predators. How, How does that work? I mean, do you just, is it done through cameras? Do you monitor it? How do you know how often or how severely these decoys are being attacked? Sure, yeah. So um, in our case, we just would put them out for 48 hours on a branch and, uh, and come back to that tree or the shrub where we, where we placed them and just record if they had been attacked or not. And the marks are pretty obvious when okay. they have been attacked, so it's pretty easy. Uh, one technique that we didn't use but has actually been used in other studies is in some cases people actually uh, are able to look at the marks that are left and try to um, understand what predators might have attacked them. So we didn't go quite that far. Um, But there are some pretty cool techniques that you can get into of looking at different bite marks and trying to guess, you know, what attacked that uh, that butterfly. Very cool. So what does this research tell you? What can you do with this? Yeah. So interestingly, like I talked about earlier, we thought, you know, are predators increasing the diversity in our community? Are they reducing it? And in the end, we found out that they were having no impact at all, which was really uh, kind of a surprise to us. Um, that instead of uh, sort of tracking where the butterflies were, um, they might have been tracking other features on the landscape. So if you imagine birds, you know, they have a wide, a big diet that is not just butterflies. Um, So they might have been choosing the best area of forest to have a nest in that, you know, might not have been the exact spot where all the butterflies are. So uh, the predators just didn't have a huge impact on our community. And going forward, thinking about conservation, Uh, Really, that means that other things are more important than predators. You know, we don't have to worry about there being a big bird community if we want to have a a very diverse butterfly community. Um, So it turned out that, as many people might expect, flowering plants were really important. Um, So when we had more diverse flowering plants at our sites, 
uh, there was a really diverse butterfly community there as well. And, you know, in in a way, doesn't that make sense, Susan, in terms of, you know, I mean, nature will sort of, it can maintain that balance. It's when we get involved and take away the plants and we take away the habitat, that's when things go off the rails, right? But in terms of the predator-prey equation, nature worked that out a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, it was interesting, though, because there are some systems where uh, the predators do have a big impact. Yeah. Um, but just I think one of the reasons is just, you know, butterflies experience, you know, they have a ton of predators and all their predators eat a ton of stuff. Nobody is, you know, hunting specifically for the butterflies. Um, so in that way, I think butterflies are kind of lucky because they aren't being, you know, targeted by any, <laughs> any, uh, any, you know, predator that's just zeroing in on them and like tracking them everywhere. Yeah, they're not the only item on the menu for any of their predators. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Susan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you so much. It was awesome. Thank you. you. That's uh, Susan Gordon. Susan is a PhD candidate in biology at the University of Ottawa.